to those in the social man this is grace and faith fellowship coming to you with our uh saturday night message we just thank god for you tuning in with us and we just want to be a blessing to you we're going to continue on this series talking about drifting okay drifting we've been dealing with what is the things that we need to do to keep ourselves uh from drifting from god you know because even though you're saved it is important that you have a close intimate relationship with jesus christ and if you, we don't maintain that just like any other relationship um, that we have whether it be spouse or kids if you don't do things to maintain that relationship um you can drift away um and you no longer have that closeness and that tightness and that communication well it's the same thing with god um, if we don't maintain that relationship, we can drift away. We can allow ourselves to be caught up with things of the world and we can start finding ourselves adapting or embracing the theologies and the concepts and the, uh, the culture, their way of thinking. If we don't um, make time and maintain the relationship with Jesus Christ. And we've talked about a few things. We've talked about uh, prayer, how prayer keeps us connected, keeps us from drifting. We talked last week about scripture, how we got to know the scripture. We talked about also um, community. Community means that we got to be around people that can make sure we maintain, stay connected in fellowship. And so this, tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about outreach. Why is outreach so important? Um, that we keep from drifting. Outreach is extremely important. Outreach, what is outreach? Outreach is um, sharing your faith um, with people that don't know Christ. Outreach, reaching out. Well, why is that important that from drifting? Well, we're going to get into that. You know, it's important. You need to reach out to the people who are lost. Okay? Reach out to the people who are lost. And this is a part of outreach. Now, let's get into this. So we are naturally self-centered people. Okay. Naturally, we're just self-centered. We are consumed with ourselves. We're born with this selfishness. This is just who we are. Now, that, that's not an accusation against you. That doesn't, that's not to say that um, we can't have, well, we're not capable of selfish acts for the benefit of others. Okay. That's not to say that we can't do selfless acts, but by fault without some effort or our part we are naturally we will naturally drift towards a laser focus on ourselves this is what we do we just focus on ourselves and it's just you know we're born with that people uh are uh, we are just naturally focused on taking care of us that's just who we are um and when it comes to to what jesus called us call us to do one of the hardest things to do when we are, are self-centered, we are in a self-centered headspace, is to share Jesus with people around us. It's hard for us to do that. You know, we're in a self-centered headspace. <clears throat> we're constantly thinking about ourselves, what we got to do, what we got to take care of, make sure we take care of. And so that can be very difficult for us to do when we're in this self-centered um, headspace. Um, it, it's not that we don't want to. 
It is not that we don't care about those who are far from God. It's just something most of us don't naturally drift towards. Okay, so we don't naturally drift towards, you know, trying to help other people. We're more focused on ourselves. So once again, we're not saying that you don't care or that you don't want to, because even I fall short in that. We all don't do enough, all, you know, all the things that we can do, you know, when it comes to the things of God. But naturally, we just drift towards self. Okay, so so we are much more comfortable focused on whatever's going on in our lives and working on ways to improve that. That's what we that's God that comes natural to it. That's that makes us comfortable. We're not you know wired to make other people comfort comfortable. We're focused on ourselves. And so this is what we this is just who we are. And so what we gotta put for her, this has got to become intentional about reaching other people, okay, for Jesus Christ. We gotta become intentional about that. We got to train ourselves to do that. We got to get out of our comfort zone, you know, get out of our box and begin to share this. Because if you don't I mean you, you drift toward just consume being consumed with yourself. So this is part of why um, we, we've talked about in the last um, few weeks. We talked about why it's so important when, when we keep ourselves anchored to God. Okay. His church and his word, it naturally begins to point our hearts toward the laws. So these, this is one of the other things that um, we talked about when we talked about prayer, when we talked about fellowship, when we talked about getting his word. Um, when we do these things now, when we do these things, these things will point our hearts to reaching the laws. Those who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. This is so we're so consumed with ourselves that we don't think about other people. And this is what God wants. This is part of, of staying connected with God, not drifting away to the point where we're not doing what he called us to do. And that's to reach those who are lost. God's biggest priority in the world is to bring the lost back to himself. He, he cares about plenty of other things um, for sure, but this is his top concern. Okay. This is God's top concern. God's top concern is reaching people, bringing back to him. This is what he died for. Okay. This is why he, he this is what he died for. And so how is he going to do that? Well, he's got to do it through us. He's got to do it through us. He That's why he helped. He wants us. He wants to equip us. He's already equipped us with the things we need. That's why we got to spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, spend time in fellowship, getting equipped, developing, um, making sure that our heart stays in tune to the things that God wants us to do, to the things that are important to him. And guess what? Reaching the laws, reaching the laws is his number one priority. And like I said, once again, not to say that God's not concerned about every other things, but reaching a lost world is God's number one priority because that is the number one thing that he came to do to save those which were lost. And so that's got to become a priority to us. OK, it's got to become important to us 
to at some point in you to reach the loss. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to reach everybody. That doesn't mean that you got to um, stop everybody you meet um, and talk to them and, and tell them about Jesus. No, as the Holy Spirit prompt you, no, you, we work with people. We know people in our family who's not saved, people who are not saved. As the Holy Spirit prompt you, okay, um, ask God in your prayer time, you know, who he put on your heart. Um, who has, who is, as you go through the day, um, allow him to speak to you as to who to talk to. You know, we have, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a conversation with people all the time. Um, we have things what we call, you know, gospel tracts where you can give those out to people that God prompt you as you going through the day or as you in a grocery store or whatever you're doing, just give them a gospel tract <clears throat> to share the message of Jesus Christ. So, but that is God's number one priority. So if that's his number one, so when we take steps to keep ourselves anchored to him, he will inevitably transform us to care about things that he cared about, which is people. So when you, like I said, that's when you, when you stay connected to God. See, this is the thing about drifting. Okay, let me say this. When you drift away, then you are no longer concerned about the thing that God's concerned about. When you drifted away, when you're not um, staying anchored to him, you're not, you're not, you're gonna find yourself not being concerned about the things that God is concerned about, which is his people. God is concerned about people. Okay. He is a God of people. So therefore, you know, that's why it's important to stay anchored, stay anchored because when you are drifting away, then you won't, you know, we're not going to be concerned about people. You won't be concerned about yourself. But again, it's going, it's going to take some effort on our part to look for opportunities to share the love of, of Jesus with those around us and to have the courage to seize those moments when they present themselves. It's going to take courage to do this, okay? Okay, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some courage, okay, for you to take the, to allow the Holy Spirit to show you opportunities to share the gospel, to reach those who are lost. And it's going to take some courage to seize those moments because, you know, it's not to say you won't always feel, you may feel a little nervous, you may feel a little uncomfortable, but I understand what the Spirit is trying to do to you, okay, or try to do through you, rather. So, you know, you got to be and take some courage, you know, to to speak to people about Jesus, because guess what? You know, we live in a world who has who don't recognize Jesus, who maybe we live in a world who don't feel like Jesus is the way. And you know what? Sometimes when you share the God with people, they're going to reject it. And nobody wants to feel rejected. But the Bible, Jesus told us this is what's going to be people. I'm not going to like you. People, everybody's not going to be pleasant to hear the gospel. But as the spirit of God prompt you, you know, you do that. It's not to say that every opportunity that you get, the um, experience is going to be pleasant because people are offended by the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we've got to take, be courageous and do these things. So who has God, you ask yourself, who has God placed um, on your heart in your life who needs to know him 
this is a question we need to ask ourselves. Um, who is God put on your mind? Well, we need to pray about um, asking God, what person do you want me to share the gospel with today? What person do you want me to talk to today as I go about my daily activity? Who do you want me to talk to? Okay, so let's lift up a few scriptures to really bring this home to really um, lay a serious foundation, really, so you get an understanding. We're going to lift up two scriptures tonight. We're going to first start in Matthews chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Okay, and we're going to read it from New Living Translation, of course. But here's what um, Matthews 8, 28, excuse me, 8. 18 through 20 says, it says Jesus came to him and told his disciples, I've given you all authority in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so Jesus is, this is, this is, even though he was talking to disciples, he's, this is a message for us. We are to go and make disciples, all nations, baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then we got to teach them. Teach them. Okay, this is what this, this is what um, this scripture is telling us to go out and make disciples. What we're talking about, outreach reaching out to people who we know that are lost and so the reason um we can go into the world and share the gospel because jesus now has all power in heaven and earth see before he died he didn't have all power and satan was the ruler of this world but jesus now reclaimed all power in heaven and earth is to him and, so, and as his ambassadors we have the power too. So we've been given the power. We have power in heaven and earth. We have power to heal the sick. We have power to lay hands on people. We have power to speak the gospel. We have, God have given us that authority the same way Jesus has. He has given us that to us through Jesus Christ. Now I said, notice that teaching was mentioned twice in the commission. So part outreach is teaching people. We have, we have not only been commanded to proclaim only, but we are also supposed to explain and provide training. This is the cornerstone of Jesus' plan for evangelism. So we're not only called to proclaim the gospel, but we are to explain and train people. So once we reach out to them, we got to explain to them the gospel and train them in the things of God. So why? They can be equipped to go out into the world and then reach other people like we have reached them. The present day church has put the majority of its evangelist effort into proclaim the gospel with little or no effort to discipleship. So we are we gotta be careful not just to evangelize people without discipling them discipling them, showing them how to live this life, training them how to live a Christian life. They have to be trained. They just, you can't, even though you're saved, it doesn't mean that you're going to automatically know how to do things for God. Why? This is why we got to read scripture. We got to train in the scripture. 
because people now you have a a different way of thinking now you come to christ you got to train yourself how to think you got to train it no longer because the things of god go against the grain of the world so you they got to be trained as to how to think how to act uh, how to behave them, know the things of God, what they should do in certain situations. You have to be trained, and we have to train them. Uh, the consequences have been that people have responded and been born again, but the new believer as a whole don't mature to a place where they can reproduce their Christian faith to others. I'm saying this is the thing we got to do. Okay, maybe you've been born again. I'm talking to you. Maybe you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're on your way to heaven, okay? But have you grown to the place now where you can reproduce, okay, uh, uh, in somebody else's life what you have? Okay, this is important. We got to reproduce other people, the same, the Christian faith in others. So though you are saved and you've accepted Jesus Christ in your parents, but are you rep reproducing? that same thing in other people who are lost that God has given to you because somebody had to evangelize to you, but we got to go beyond evangelism and begin to disciple people of the word of God. Okay. And, and so this is part of what God called us to do. And if you're not doing these things, guess what? Then maybe you in this place, you've drifted away from that. And it's okay if you drift wake up. This is why I'm speaking to you tonight. Speaking to you is calling you back to a place where you have a hunger to win the loss. You know, we all have drifted away. You know, even I, I can do better at sharing my faith with other people. But if you're in a place where you no longer just, you're just doing your own thing and you're just not concerned about people who are lost, then guess what? You have drifted away. You're in a place where you drift away from God. And guess what? That's, this is not to condemn you, but this is this is a cause, a, a opportunity. I'm calling you back. God is calling us back to a place where we have a hunger um, to reach the lost. So it says this, this has, this has placed a burden of evangelism on a few individuals and mass crusades. Okay, so we just don't want this to be a burden for just a few people. God didn't just call a few people. Most of the time, and a lot of people, we place this um, this call or this these things. As far as evangelism, we place it on the pastors and the preachers and the teachers. We say, well, that's their job to do the evangelism. It's their job to share their faith. Because I'm not a call, I'm not a preacher. You maybe you have that mindset. Well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a pastor. So therefore, I don't have to, I don't want to, you don't feel like it's necessary. Well, guess what? The Bible called all believers. If we let's go back and read it. He's talking to all believers. Jesus told his, it says here, Jesus came and told his disciples. Okay, what are the disciples? Okay, followers of Jesus, discipline. And the disciple goes beyond just to follow Jesus, but people who have committed themselves to following the ways and and the ideas and the thought process of Jesus Christ. He says he told his disciples, well, that includes you. 
me and you, he says he's giving them all thought. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father. He's talking to everyone, not just the preachers, not just the pastors. He's called everyone to do this. Okay, every believer has the responsibility. Okay, has the responsibility of sharing the laws, sharing the gospel with people that they know, people that they come across, people as the Holy Spirit prompts them to lead them. Okay, so this is our point. So that scripture is for everybody. Matthews chapter 28, 1820. And I pray that you will go and meditate on that scripture, spend some time with it, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you that we are called to not only evangelize and to disciple people so that they can reproduce um, uh, and go share the gospel with other people. So we need to be have a mindset to say, hey, you know what? I love God enough to, you know what, to go and reach other people and to share the gospel because other people need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. They need to hear the gospel. Okay, so let me share this last scripture for tonight. And it's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says here in the New Living Trans, it's dead. You must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Okay. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. This is huge. Okay. You says first it says we, we must worship Christ as Lord of our life. Now, what does that mean? Lord means he's master, means that he controls you. Okay, now this is not he voluntarily you allow somebody to control you. When you put yourself under the lordship of Jesus Christ, that means you voluntarily say, I yield to your ways of doing things, your thought process, how you want to do it. So he can be savior, but not be Lord. Yes, God has saved you, but have you allowed him to be Lord over your life where he controls your thought where well, you don't give in to your own desires but you even if, if the word of god goes against your desire your wants and your needs then you know what you said you know what i give up my wants and my needs and my desires for the things of god what god wants what god tells me to do but it says if someone asks you about your hope as a believer always be ready to explain it so let's look at this it says, so this um, just to go back to verse 14, because I read 1 Peter 3 and 15, 14 instructs us not to be fearful or troubled when we are persecuted. Because guess what? When you begin to share your gospel, we're talking about outreach. Okay, you're going to be persecuted. People are going to come and we see that now in our culture. People don't want to hear the gospel. People don't want to hear about the Christian faith. You know, people don't, people says that it's, it's no good or it's just another religion. You know, it is more than one way to Christ. You're going to be persecuted as a Christian when you stand up for things in our culture that goes against the word of God. You know, you're not going to be popular. So you're going to be persecuted. Okay. So, but this verse is instructing us to be ready to tell our persecutors 
why we're not afraid of them. Um, th but this needs to be done in meekness and in fear. And that word fear means respect. So tell our persecutors, tell people who are persecuting you, say, you know what, be ready to tell them. Okay, why are you not afraid? Well, you say, I'm not afraid because God is on my side. And so it needs to be done in meekness. It's nothing. Now, what does that mean? Meekness means power under control. Means you're not screaming. Your voice is not high. Uh, you're not telling them they're going to hell. You know, you're not calling them sinners and call them all out their name. No, it just says, you know what? I'm not afraid. Well, if you if you're going to um, not hire me, or you're going to fire me, or you're going to uh, do things to me, I'm I'm not afraid because I know I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in His Word. I believe He has me, and I pray that God will do something in your heart. Um, to let you know that he is the way. So this is how we do it. We don't get mad with people. Um, we don't, you know, uh, seek revenge on them or we don't condemn them to hell. No, it says we do it in meekness and in fear with respect, especially if somebody who's in a position of authority over you, you have to say respect their position and say, you know what? I disagree with you, but I can't do that. Maybe um, you're in a job where they're asking you to do something unethical. Well, you have to tell your boss, well, you know what? I respect you as my boss, but I can't do that because by me being a Christian, I can't do that. That my my um, ethics, my belief will not allow me to do what you're asking me to do. So therefore, I can't do it. So it says, why would the Lord put an emphasis on us testifying to our per persecutors? Paul was a good example. Paul, he, he was persecuting Christians, but the witness of the church, first martyr, influenced them. So Paul was an example. He was persecuting the Christians. Okay. And then he went back and ministered to the people. Okay. Who he persecuted. And then even he was that persecutor and God saved him. Okay. And God um, turned his life around. So Paul was the persecutor. Okay. But he, notice he said he's talking about people who persecute us. It's not people who like us, but people who persecute, people who treat us wrong, people who treat us wrong because we believe in the gospel. Those are the people that we testify to. Paul even testified to people who locked him up, put him in prison. He was menacing to the guards there, people who where their job was to make sure he don't escape. But Paul shared the gospel. So the thing is, outreach, what? Is sharing the gospel with people who don't even like you, who don't care for you, you know, who want to see you suffer. These are the people that we are called to, he says, sharing the gospel with our persecutors. In verse 15, it, it speaks of our witness. It says, here, here, Peter, he was, in the scripture, Peter wrote this. Peter was emphasizing that we need to, to have good, we need to have good conscience or that we um, can't have our hearts condemning, condemning us when we witness. As we witness, we can't have our hearts condemning us. We need to have a good conscience. Okay, we need to have a good conscience when we're doing this. Why? Because understand that hey, we can't, what are you saying? We need to be living a life that um, people can see that we are living what we're talking about. 
a, a good let me read this read, read it. it says a good witness are people who live what they preach okay a good witness is the person who live with so you're not going to be effective in outreach if you're not living what you're preaching now we're not talking about once again i know somebody listen to me and say well i'm not perfect we're not talking about perfection here we, we're not talking about a perfect life. We're talking about a committed life. And people know when you're living what you're preaching. Okay. People know that. People know when you're living. It doesn't mean you're never going to make a mistake. But people who are serious about the relationship with Jesus Christ, they make mistakes. But you know what? They fall down to get back up. They repent. They say, I'm sorry. And they get back up. But a good witness is a, are people who live with their pre with they preach. Untold number of people have turned against the Lord because of the hypocrisy of some of those who represent him. See, you need to ask yourself the question: are you turning away people from the gospel by the way you're living? This is this is serious, you know. This is serious. This is really serious. This is something that we need to um, take an account of. Okay. Take an account of are you living a life that is pleasing to people? People can see that you are serious about the things of God. Okay. That you're serious about the things of God. So are you turning away people because of where you're living? Your behavior does matter. You need to understand that. Now, God's not going to hold. He's not holding your behavior against you. Okay. But guess what? Your behavior, okay, is influencing people, whether you realize it or not. They're looking at you. The moment you say you're a Christian, you say you're a believer. Okay. They're looking at your behavior. They're looking at how you walk, how you talk, how you carry yourself. They're looking at how you respond to adversity. Are you saying the same things they're saying, you know, or are you speaking differently? Is your attitude different toward work versus the same as theirs? They're looking at those things. Now, they may not embrace it, but they're looking because they say you're a Christian. You are supposed to be a believer of Jesus Christ. And so they're looking. At, so you need to ask them, we, how many are, what are the people that you turned away from Christ because you because the hypocrisy of your life. But that's what a goodness win is the person who lives what they preach. You call in order to be effective in outreach, you have to be a person who lives what they preach. And God has called us to live holy and and righteous lives. And he said, I've given you the tools to be able to do that. He's equipped us as we yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to work through us, we can live, you know, righteous and holy lives. I'm not saying perfect lives, but righteous and holy, where people can see that you are a Christian and then they will respect you. They won't, in some cases, some people won't talk certain ways around you because they respect you. They respect you for what you say you believe in. They won't talk a certain way. They won't act a certain way around you because you say, hey, you know, the moment they know you're a Christian, they say, well, you know what? I see that they are serious about who they say they are. So I'm going to do my best to refrain from talking to so or act a certain way in their presence. That shows that they believe in what 
you said that you are. So this is important outreach. So if you're not, this is part of not drifting is getting to a place um, where you have a heart for God to reach people who are lost. And if you're not at that place, I challenge you tonight to get back to that place where you begin to think about people who are lost, people who you who you work with or people in your family or people that you just cross paths with, have a conversation with to say, you know what? They need Jesus and, and pray when you in the morning, say, Lord, um, show me who to talk to. If there's an opportunity that come to cross where I, I need to show me the opportunities that I can have to share the gospel with people and to speak into their lives. So let me pray for, first of all, I want to pray for those that if you would not say, I would, every night I want to do this. If you listen to me and say, you know what? I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you've never um, asked you to come into your heart, if you're not sure about, you know what? If I die today, I'll go to heaven. If you don't have that insurance, then guess what? There's a great, there's a possibility you're not saved. And so I want to extend that opportunity to you tonight to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. To say, you know what? I'm a sinner. This is all you have to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. You know what? But I receive you as my Savior. I believe that you've forgiven all my sins, past, present, and future. And I ask you to come into my heart. And God, I believe that you died and rose on the third day. God, and that you live now forever. So I now receive you as my savior. And I believe that I have been born again in Jesus name. If you just said that prayer, if you just say that, then guess what? You believe it and you accept Jesus Christ and you are part of the family of God. And now I encourage you to find uh, a Bible teaching church, believing teaching church, you know, Grace and Faith Fellowship. We always want to welcome you. Well, you right now, you can, you can come to where we are at on Thursday nights at seven o'clock or just find some place close to you where you can get on the pastor and begin to allow them to train you in the things of God. As, as I said in this message, you want to become a disciple because I, I just evangelize you as accept you as your person, but you need to be a disciple. You need to know how, um, to do the things of God and what God thinks about certain things. And as you get into the word, it allow it to transform your thinking so that you can live the Christian life that God has called you to be and fulfill your purpose out here on earth. And so, but let me pray for those who are saved. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that those who are saved, God, I pray that you would give them a heart for outreach, that they will reach the lost, that they will have a mind to, as they go about their daily activities, to have a discerning spirit as God and to listen to the Holy Spirit as to how to reach the lost and how to uh, talk to them and share the gospel and sow a seed into life. God, I pray that you will give them that heart's desire to reach those that don't know you. And I pray in Jesus' name. And so once again, we thank you for listening to us. Um, we'll be coming back to you again next week on another part of Drifting. 
And we pray that you will just continue to listen, share with your friends and your family. And we just thank you for tuning with us. And we pray that we will continue to be a blessing to you. And once again, we'll see you again on next week. Once again, thank you. And bye-bye.